goes by her host here, with lips sewn shut. My brothers imagine themselves the first to speak without mouths, their fingers blood pricked from learning how to pass a needle for lace. But it was only my mother and I who could understand the heaviness of things we could not say. Only my mother and I, whom have learned how to speak with small smiles that have not a, not a words at all. How much longer, they asked, with harsh grunts that they taught themselves, listening to them, was like hearing one voice, but also like a roaring, like the sound of a river in the dark. One, our fingers ache, they said, and kept my eyes cast down because they did not know how they left their strain all over everything. Isn't that a beautiful way parts of ourselves by our hand? But there were only the two of us to do the swimming. It needs some more quickly. Done. It needed to be done more quickly. So my mother gathered my brother to her skirts and fed them tissued milk with a tiny spoon. She carried it around her neck until their eyes fluttered shut and they stitched their mouths closed. This was the way it had always been done. Girls' mouths sewn closed and born about her names so they might focus on, on our work. If our mother gave her child name, a name, there was violence of the end of it. And so, so I was, sister, to my brothers and nothing more. My brothers had names, but I never learned to speak them properly. For when my brothers woke, my mother traced her fingers over the tears, pelled on their cheeks and pricked up each of the fingers until their hands were painted in scarlet and vimuth and crimson. How they wept, their shoulders shaking in silence as they caught my mother's arms, her hair, her breasts, and behind her own sealed mouth, I bared my teeth. My mother and I were meant for our work, meant to bend it, but my brother did not know anything other than the freedom on the river, the warm iron scent of the earth slick against their skin as they lifted their voices into the sky. He did not understand that silence was a necessary part of the of sewing lace. Over and over, my mother taught them how to thread a needle, how to coax lace, thin, and areas as wide as web from the movements of their hands. Hear her, and said, like this, forget your voice, forget there was once anything other than this moment. I won't be long, I promise. Under her touch, they climbed, jumped and fidgeted and stared out the window as a pear tree could no longer climb. They coaxed the lace from their needles, but it was not quite as fine as they should be. So it did not fetch a high price when my mother ventured into the city to sell it. My brother's fingers did not grow calloused as ours were. Back and forth they grunted to one another, their eyes jerking about the room as if my act would free them from this their duty by of my mother I would would been born into. Once my mother wasn't looking, I slapped each of their hands in for following a particularly fine section. Behind their mouths they growled, a vision snapping, slapping jaws, but they only flexed their arms, their bodies becoming stewy in a word that not belonged to boys. 
They would not ruin this for me. They would not. Soon I would bleed to be old enough for a man to make him, me his wife. Soon I would be taken into another life. If I never wished for, I had never wished for myself, my brothers would grow up. My mother would unstitch their mouths, release their tongues. They would go back into the world. They would find girls with hair of the colour of moonlight and marry them and take them away and forget there was time when they bent over lace. Our boys would all have stitched mouths, but my brothers would be happy because they had the ability to choose. But my mother understood. Together we sewed and dropped coins into the cloth bag she carried before she married my father. How she knew his heart would be, would, would be weak, a tender thing that would bleach out, before she learned how to truly love him. But after he'd given her four children, how she was to know her fate was already rotten, as the roots under her feet, the earth willing only the dead. Her gnawed body spoke of memory and regret, a sovereign number numb fingers tucked away the coins the woman from the city paid us. These women whose lips were not sewn because they had been born to gold. These women whose fingers could not never ache from use. Once I ever their lives, how they curled their mouths into pouting smiles, how they bound to my mother and I were only with a different kind of thread. Evenings my mother would take her spoon and slip the same teaching milk past the stitches of my brother's lips so they could sleep without moaning. But she never did this for me, no matter how my hands cramped or my fingers twisted. Only when they only when they stepped, when she talked to me, in those quiet moments we hid from my brothers, our language was not for them. It is not the language they had learned. Past the river, there is a town without a name. Where you go, you cannot tell anyone where you are going. Even if they ask, you, they, they ask, smile, keep your eyes down. They do not follow you. Your body will know the way. It will know when you have found it. But how I questioned and she pinched the back back of my arms to quiet me. She wove my hair into plaits. My hands were, her hands were rough. But they were my mother's hands. I leaned, leaned into her and waited for her to finish telling me what to do. But her breathing deepened. I knew she slept. Before all alone, my brothers slowed in their sewing. So, I mean, how long before their work was not the quality my mother had shown them? The thin lines varying off in the crooked, broken pieces. The coins they wore fetched fewer and fewer, and my brother's spoken harsh barks that sounded like demands rather than concessions. I glared at them when my mother's back was turned. They laughed at me and sounded like a fistful of earth dropped in a deep poor hole. Still, my mother watched over them, her small spoon filled each night as they tipped their faces towards her and waited for what was due them. We tired, we want we went to stop. They said as they stumbled down the, their dreams. Beside me my mother stiffened, but she said nothing. It's better if we did not speak think we could speak for ourselves. They were my brothers. They were my mother's sons, but it was their duty to be certain we could we should not speak. They were born with cruelty Freddy through their skin. They would not hesitate. Only when my brothers were quiet did my brother begin. Past the river there is a town without a name. How much longer can it be? We who have been sewing for so long, we cannot need, need any more more. My mother's eyes flashed, but she could not speak again. Later I woke to a 
bent over a long piece of lace. Her eyes got reddish in the dim light. After I had pretended to sleep, there was fear in my belly. I'm heavy as a stone. Perhaps there would be enough. For months I listened to my mother's stone by candlelight, a lace spilling from my finger, her fingers like snow. My brothers grew more restless and spoke into her yips and growls. I recognized only the violence in their voices. They were older now, and their muscles flecked like living things. The lace was torn, torn to shreds before I was gone. But still my mother ignored them and beat their fingers against my fi- beat her fingers against her legs so she might feel them again. I sewed so faster, my hands cramping to use my brother's joists for use as my brothers jostled each other and ignored their work. My brothers did not notice how mother's eyes were the colour of blood. It did not matter, we can still talk, they said. I wanted to slap each of them, but I kept my hands busy. It was not my place. That night my brothers crept away, their own voices leaking in the darkness like things hunting meat. They, when they returned, it was with arms corded, with exertion and faces, and lost their softness and scabbing, bleeding mouths. Freed from the binding my mother had placed on them, they smelled of something rotten, iron tang of blood. Tomorrow, they said together, I did not recognize the voices. Tomorrow we will go out to the fields. We cannot sit in the house any longer. It is not for us, they laughed, and their air around them bent to, the, make, to make room for the sound. They shook their hair, and their eyes flashed yellow. My mother touched their faces. Her hands trembled. My brothers did not notice, because they were men. Now, not boys. There was no room for, of their vision for such subtitles. Such such subtleties. They did not grow up sewing lace as I did. That night my brothers ran beneath the moon. Their skins bare, wet with drew. They did not watch them from the window because I knew they would somehow be beautiful and terrifying at the same time. The new world they had grown to into was not me. They would marry, they would leave. They would not stay to deceased round, my brother said. I turned into turned from the window. But still my mind I saw them rushing over cool earth, their hands and feet gone dark with the soil. I shook my head, but there, there was the taste of water in my tongue. I forced myself back into the kneel of my mother's feet. I always stay. I'll be here with you. I said and shook her hands. She shook her head. No, you, no, they'll keep you here. Your brothers and then your husband, they will know only the short, so small violence that have been that can happen to your body. They will never know what it is to speak. What it is? What is your name? She shifted pile of lace in her lap. Rap. All this is beautiful. Isn't isn't enough? The only beauty isn't enough. My mother stood, letting her face fall from her lap to the floor. When I bent to relieve it, she brought her hand to my shoulder. No, not this time. She said. Outside, my brothers shouted, and the others answered in deep voices. I knew I could return, smelling of forests and sweat. Their mouths wide and greedy, they gobbled whatever meal my mother prepared. From her skirts, my mother drew the small bag of coins, placed it on my hand. That's enough now. I made sure of it. All those nights, that's enough. That's enough. I closed my hand against the pouch and opened it. That will do. When I go, my mother closed her eyes. I will grow old. I will die. That is what my body's been trying to do my entire life. Don't, don't come with me, I said. No, love. I am too old now. 
This is what I have wanted for you. Since I looked into your face, this is what I wanted. For you to have a life, a name. Past the river, but there is a town without a name. When you go, you cannot tell anyone where you are going. Even if they are, smile. Keep your eyes down. They will not follow you. Your body will know the way. Will know when you have found it. She kept her fingers to my lips. A trace of the stitches she put there before I was old enough to walk. My mother reached behind her skirts and drew a small pair of scissors. I flinched. She grasped my shoulder and held me still, and she passed the blaze between my lips and pulled the threads from my skin. Pain is a thing to carry with you always. You, may, you will never forget, she said. I did not cry out. There were twenty years of silence within me. Is anything I have ever done? My mother kissed my cheek and whispered in my ear. You know the way I have told you. So you could not forget. Again she pressed the coins into my hand. I did not hesitate. Even when I saw the tears staining her cheeks, the sound of my brother's voices grew closer. Tell me goodbye, she said. I kissed her with my mouth. Your mouth. Goodbye, I told her, in the only way because her tongue did not know how to go and the sounds it needed to produce actual words. I didn't look back. Only once I was in the woods. At night, animals crying from their hidden places. That did I slow? My muckles I came from use. It would be hours before I reached a river. I had brought no food, no water, no sharp blade to protect myself. Past the river there was a town without a name. I repeated my mother's words like a prayer. A stumbling series of quests offered to me, offered to whatever great being lived beyond the sky. My shoes were too thin, my feet tore and blew, bled, where stones pierced the clumsy material. But that did not matter. My mother had sent me on something greater. In time, the pain would lessen. The weight of the coins would lighten. As I paid my way into the life, that meant I could be more than a property of a man who might never know what it meant to be silent. I walked and tried to learn what it meant to speak. My voice was light, airy things that would not cooperate. So I finally stopped. My feet only sound if 
in the, those deep woods. The rushing of the river finally reached my ears. I felt as if I stumbled into a dream. Leaves and branches seemed washed in silver. The air had fallen still as the storm threatened. There was no thunder, no lightning. Only a thin slip of moon in the colour of the bone and shadowed earth freely from my feet. My mother's voice in my ear. Past the river there's a town without a name. For a moment my feet froze. It was still time to turn around, but head in the direction I come and slip into my bed, my mother's back against mine. Before the sun rose, time yet for return to stitching the old threads back into place to keep my voice contained. It would kill her to see you once more. I thought and pressed on. I crossed the river and find the town. My mother had no never told me what happened next. What would happen next? There had never been room enough in our little house to contain it. For all the, but for years we had saved. Perhaps I did not understand well enough well, what it was my mother hoped for me. At first I heard them, my brothers, their footsteps passing heavily over the earth, their voices low, so low I imagined they were trying to crack open the sky, their breath panting as they growled in frustration. Girl, they called. I took, could hear the teeth in it. There's no use hiding, we can smell you. I can make use of that mouth, another, uh, another one of my brothers called. They all laughed, the, the forest trembled with the sound of their breakfast. That lingered in the path to, the path to me. They stood in their jaws, snapping in their tongues, extending in appreciation, interpretation. I froze because I knew how they could tear me open. They would pry open my mouth for their bloody fingers to slip themselves aside. They were other girls who had fled. Other girls with mangled bodies have been turned to their fathers, their brothers, their husbands. I thought of them. How they must have run their hearts in their mouths. My brothers would do the same. Would cast my body to my mother's feet. The coins useless to it as they spilled. My mother would swallow down her tears in the way other women who lost a daughter had. I did not run the way, don't run in the way of the other girl. I did not run in the way of the other girls. My brothers understood the chase. They knew how to scent meat and panic and follow it down to death. What they did not know to understand was stillness. I went slowly, my feet quiet, forced into my beating heart to splatter softly by my mother's were close. I did not take I did could taste their salt slick skin in a mist rising from the river. I dropped my belly, twigs and knees scraping against my as I crept forward, a slow, steady rushing of water made my tongue ache with need, but there was no time to drink. My brother's voice grew louder. I could feel their weight shake and earth beneath me. My legs ached and my arms were scratched. I felt moving. I kept moving, my eyes fixed on what lay beyond. Beyond the river there was more trees, more shadows, more light shimmered in the distance. There was no town. The thing my mother had promised was not there. I've been ventured this far in the woods. I've not seen a river for myself. Perhaps there had once been a town. My mother was a girl, but now there was only empty space. For my, with my new voice, I cried out. I could not. I did could, did not sound like a girl. A voice of a woman. It was shrieking like a voice. Fox. The hooted scream was something clawed and fanged and trapped. We can hear you, girl. My mother's voices lingered in the cups of my ears. Beside me, the river flowed. I breathed and wondered how easy it would to slip beneath its surface to draw cold water into my lungs. But that that was where my mother that there was my mother's voice, the one one she had speaking her instructions. 
I could go beyond the river. I could search the town there. I could stay pressed against the ground, and my brothers could not find me. My animal cried out. A animal cried beside, out behind me. A low sound that sounded like laughter crept into my blood. A little eyes flashed into the darkness. Something large moved the trees and it stopped in the moonlight. Wherever it moved, it stood on two legs and licked its chops and its tongue, impersonally red in the darkness. It did not stare, but opened a great yawning mouth. As I could not see the familiar sharp teeth, I mind of those here to hear in the vast face, there was nothing more than meat and blood. More yellow eyes emerged from the gloom. I watched my brother sniff at the air. She's here, they said, and searched forward. Their hands extended as they went down the run of all falls. Grabbing my skirts, I stood and looked out over the water. There was a glimmering of rocks. Away the dark river was shallow. Such scenes gleamed like elderly things. My brother shouted. I did not turn back. My mouth did not know how to say please. I did not know how to beg. So I pulled a, a pouch of clothes coins from my shirt without thinking dropped one under the river and stepped forward there was no creature there was no quest there to quest my coins it seemed there was a threshold across and only gold would pay the water was not too cold but warm if the sun had somehow descended into depths i fell the water filling my mouth my my nose i scrambled i felt that i get away from my brothers they deep sink of them filled my nose i felt i I felt one of my them glass at my leg, I, but it was only French drifting. I pushed myself onward and told myself not to think of what I'd like to, if I'd like, would be if they caught me. Breathless, I scrambled on the opposite bank, and only then permitted myself to catch a cast a tobacco glance over my shoulder. Every eye those eyes watched, there were no moments movement in the water. My brothers paced back and forth, the growls dripping lower and lower into their voices, no longer seemed human. Together they waded in the river, only retreat, they screams and yelps, filling the air. Girl, sister, they called, trying to gain and end to enter the river, but they could not cross. I stopped to throw another coin in the river. And then turned and ran, but the dream behind me, my brother shrieked, but it was only a sound. Each charm I had purchased as the river held. I could not be could not be sure how long I walked, perhaps it was for hours. Perhaps I was it was days. I do not remember how long my legs carried me forward to a place that surely did not exist. But it kept moving, unwilling to finally admit my mother had made a mistake. Morning did not come. I moved through a never-ending twilight, the sky above still dark. Despite the time that passed, in and out of sleep I drifted. How much further did, did I go? How much longer? How much? How did I stumble? How longer did I stumble before I heard voices? So lonely and durations made my heart quicken. I cheeks flashed lights glimmered behind me, faded and then glowed like living things among the darkness. Mother's tears strained my te- cheeks. I touched a pouch filled with coins. I could buy my way to a different life. I could not be a lace girl. Her, lights, her lips stone shut. I could not be my sister's brother's sister, a husband's wife. This had been my mother's gift. A woman emerged from a tree. She wore her hair loose and ate. It was draped over her shoulders like a cloak. She moved about a hurry. She was not lonely, the way the young women in town were lonely. 
of the an elaborate dresses and perfumed hair and rose mouths. She walked like without swinging her hips at a fence, clutching a fan against her bosom. Her eyes were large, those brushes long and dark, her skin was smooth. The booty she carried was a dim, like a dim light. You have found us, she said, as she knew me. It was as if I expected and offered her hand. It was slim and cool as the stones across. She walked beside me. I smelled of lavender and honey, and the rose water my mother kept hidden away, and sometimes pressed over my wrist. I nodded, and she f- brought her finger to my lips and traced the moment my place in my mother's thread had been. You cannot speak. I spoke, shook my hand. Oh, well, then. You're not the first one who must learn. She pointed in my mouth the poke scars, faint but still visible in the dim light. Before us, a town of mirrors, a low light with blazing lanterns, encrypted squat buildings where women stood and watched my approach. Many voices seemed to tangle together in song. I saw them as threads, not binding in silence, but weaving a tapestry of sound. Fires did the, 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 up the round, did the willow bodies of women in the skirts, and shades of feather, brightly feathered burrs as they wound their arms around each, about each other. You could not be your wife. You could, you will, you would live as you wish. Such a dangerous thing for anyone who carries so much weakness in her body. She lifted my hand and turned it as if she experimented rough with my fingers. You will never, you may so here, but only if you like. She closed up my hand and smiled. They will never find you, the men you fear. I dipped my head and she pulled it back up. Do not feel ashamed for that. Never, it's never for that. Now she pursed her lips and extended her hand. Someone paid for you, yes? No one comes here who does not pay. There's always a price for things. I hard one. I removed my mother's pouch, so many coins, and spilled them into the woman's hand. Very good, she said. Someone laughed high and clear, and the sound was like breathing the air after a long death. Do, do you have a name? I shook my hand. Oh, of course not. You shall have a name here. If you... It, it, it is what you have brought, the woman said. They were there, their faces turned to us, watching from their place in the dark with the calm, expected smiles. Ever something that is yours, she bent, and laid her lips on my neck, and her breath warm against my ear, and she whispered, said, Word, now tell me your name, little one. Others emerged in the darkness, now in a tired town, coming to what faces, what, what, turning to his face to watch. I opened my mouth. 